Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Jeff from Alabama, and I was wanting to get your take on Honda Motor Company, symbol HMC. And provides unbiased answers. All right, looking at Honda Motor Company out of Japan. Is it a good value now? I wouldn't say it's cheap. I wouldn't say it's expensive. Uh, technically, it looks very strong. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is Marty from Florida. I'm calling about ticker symbol WFG West Fraser Timber. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Shark. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, June 9th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all tuning in this hour. I'm going to do my best to help guide you uh, in an environment where there's a lot of major big picture themes. And I want to touch on that uh, quickly before I get into the show, because I talked a lot about this around the COVID shutdown time, um, even around election time, where there's a lot of contentiousness around politics and things like that. Um, And I never try to get into politics in the show. I think that's a losing battle. But um, you have to look at major themes that are going on in the world today. And uh, I've talked many times about one of my favorite books, The Fourth Turning, um, Ray Dalio, and his uncovering or or shining light on the end of a long-term debt cycle. And that uh, that brings a different market environment than, uh, than we've seen and that you've been used to over the past decade. Uh, and, what, uh, and then the third thing, third pillar, I guess, would be the fiscal dominance in the economy today. And so those three factors are really driving the changes you're seeing in the market. We are in the 2020s. It is a very different decade than the 2010s. And the shift in the market over the past uh, six to nine months is, I think, just the start of that. And you need to be prepared. And that's what I'm here to help you do, is to look at the decision-making you are having on the on a daily basis and put it in context put it in context to the broader themes that are happening within the market and economies today and that's vital because if you are fighting a, an uphill battle you're not going to get very far you want to be you want to have the wind at your back okay and that is by being informed that is by having discipline and being and having a plan. And that's what I am here to help you build over time, one building block at a time. And I'm going to do that, as always, with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. So whatever I'm talking about on this show, stock, a sector, strategy, uh, an asset class, It's all presented without bias. I'm here to give you the facts as I see them in front of me with all my data and tools, as well as 
my brain, the tools that I've built over the past 20 plus years of critical thinking, analysis of both macro and micro economics, understanding of different industries, pros and cons of different assets and asset classes. All of this, I'm here. I'm, I'm at your disposal. So I'm Justin Klein. And of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape the show. And you can call and interact with us right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or you can leave a question on our Anytime Invest Talk voice bank. Either way, the number, as always, is 888 chart So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Jeff from Alabama, and I was wanting to get your take on Honda Motor Company, symbol HMC. I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you very much. All right, looking at Honda Motor Company out of Japan, certainly one of the largest in the world, $56 billion market cap. I like the I like Japan. I like the market. I think they've sufficiently delevered from their problems in the late 80s and early 90s. And they are great at manufacturing. They have a poor government balance sheet, but their private market balance sheet is pretty clean. And the country itself owns more foreign assets than, than they owe to foreign entities. So from a country standpoint, they're in good shape. We're the opposite here in the U.S. We owe a lot more to foreigners than we own of foreign assets. And so that's going off, going on a, off on a tangent there, but uh, I like Japan as a whole. So... Honda is one of the best manufacturers in the world. Their earnings are expected to be $4.17 next year. That's up from $2.42 in 2020. Clearly, that was depressed because of COVID. But even 2019, $3.13. So you're talking about a nice 30 to 35% increase in earnings from 2019 to expected 2023. Now, that is over uh, about a four-year period. So uh, solid high single-digit growth there. Is it a good value now? I wouldn't say it's cheap. I wouldn't say it's expensive. Uh, technically, it looks very strong. It had a recent move up, breakout to new highs, and simply consolidating that particular move. If you look at enterprise value to revenue, it's at 0.18%, which over a 10-year period, that's kind of in the midpoint of where it typically trades. So it's not necessarily undervalued or overvalued, um, but I like the chart. It's in the large cap value space. It's in Japan. So overall, I like I like the momentum. I like the trend. I like uh, this company as a whole. So not so it's gonna be overly excited, but I'm gonna give it a decent thumbs up. Now my focus point today is centered on this story. Comparing traditional IRAs with Roth IRAs, I'm going to break these down. This is a this is a topic that, for me, it's so second nature. I've been doing it for 20 plus years. Roth Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs have been around uh, my entire career, and, and much uh, much longer than that. And it's kind of second nature to me. But maybe there's some parts that uh, we can talk about that maybe you don't know about. Uh, and we're going to dig into the details a little bit more. So I'll dr drill down on that story as well as. Potentially, if you have time, 529 plans as well. 
Now let's check in on the market today. The S&P was down about 8 points, 7.7 points, very modest down day there. The overall market, the NYSE, down 65 points, uh, call it half a percent or so on uh, the, the broad index. It's pretty much the most broad domestic index. You had the NASDAQ, that was down 13 points, about 0.1%. So a very, very modest down day in the market. You had the dollar, that was up just a tad. And you had the 10-year, down almost four basis points, which is the lowest level really since on a closing basis since March. And it hit the 100-day moving average. It'll be interesting to see if we find support here. Is this a, a breakdown in yields? Or is this just hitting the low end of the recent trading range over the past few months? Important to see that here because it will have broad implications for the markets. I still think we're in a choppy period, probably at least now until 4th of July. And then 4th of July, start the market starts looking towards that Jackson Hole Symposium. Late August, I believe it's 26th through the 28th, and that is going to be where the Fed pivots and does some sort of tapering. Now, is it dramatic? Is it minor? Is it just simply twisting their asset purchases from away from mortgage-backed securities and into treasuries? What does that really look like? And I think the market's going to start to look ahead towards that, and that's likely where you see a little more volatility, but nothing too dramatic because there's still a lot of stimulus, a lot of money out there. Uh, housing markets uh, cooling a bit here. We're starting to see a lot of data on that front. So an interesting time here where we're transitioning out of COVID into the new world of post-COVID and less stimulus in the back half of the year. And politicians don't have that excuse anymore. Oh, we're in this crisis period. No, crisis period is much further behind us than it is in front of us. And what does that world look like? So the markets in the back half of the year are likely to start to think about that and become a bit more volatile. Now we're heading into a break. My and Best Talk phone lines are open. So give me a call with your questions at 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. Summer is days away. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. And the InvestTalk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Ram. I love your show, and thanks for taking time to answer my question. I would like your opinion on Old Republic International Corporation. The ticker symbol is O-R-I. Uh, I would like your opinion. I'm looking to buy for a short-term hold of three to six months. Thank you, and I would like to listen to the answer on the podcast. Bye. Right, this is Old Republic International Corp. They offer a diverse range of specialized insurance products to individuals and institutions, mainly property and casualty, and almost 80% of pre-tax operating income comes from commercial liability products, workers' compensation, auto insurance, general liability. Okay, There's some title insurance business as well, but they're mainly a property and casualty insurer. Yields about 3.5%. It looks like they upped their dividend recently. Yeah, from $0.21 cents to $0.22. Cents. That was beginning of this year. 
and they actually paid a special dividend back in uh, looks like the beginning of this year. Profitability long term is very very solid, uh, and I like tend to like financials in this market. However, as we get into the back half of the year and the fact that interest rates are moderating a bit, I'm becoming a little less bullish on financials as a whole. Now there's always opportunities, uh, but the good thing I liked about the, the financial space over the past six months or so is that interest rates had moved up so dramatically from that half, half a percent in the, in the summer of last year on the 10 year to hitting a high. What did I, what did I say we hit to one point or we 1.77, almost 1.8. That's a big move. And that feeds into yields on assets and certainly helped a name like Old Republic. Uh, so the big question is, is, has it run too far too fast? And is it a bit rich here at these levels? You know, uh, Old Republic has gone from 453 million in free cash flow in 2017 to 1.2 billion. So pretty solid growth and a market cap right now about eight, 8 billion. So it's a pretty good value overall. And that, that's what I like about it. It is technically looking very strong. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just consolidating up here with the entire space. And in fact, it's actually a lot stronger than uh, some of the other insurers that I'm seeing out there. So I like Old Republic. I like this name. The bigger question is how much longer will the financial industry be in favor if interest rates don't continue to march up? They kind of flatten out here or maybe even go down, which they have over the past few weeks. So I like the name. Uh, I just don't know if you're heading in an environment. I don't think you're heading into an environment where it's going to be quite as bullish for the financial space and thus the insurance companies. So great company, great to have in your watch list. Now let's keep, oh, we're, are we going to a break? We're not going to. Uh, okay. Well, I want to, I want to, after the break, I want to get to our main talking point, which is traditional and Roth IRAs. And I want to go over a few things, withdrawal rules, uh, what are the benefits of contributing, contribution limits, eligibility requirements. I think all of those are important to understand. And because these tax deferred vehicles are very, very important to building a sustainable financial future. And a lot of it has to do with the investment side, being able to grow that, true, but also consistency of savings, having a place, having a plan to save consistently. And that's what they are mainly, I wouldn't say mainly good for, but uh, is it gives people a, a plan. And a lot of people don't have that outside their 401k. And so we're gonna go over all of that after the break. But we're also going to talk to Taylor in Philadelphia. Hang on. We'll be with you next on 8 at 8 99 chart. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 
The Invest Talk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Taylor. He's in Philadelphia and he's looking at Charles Schwab. Hey Justin, thanks for the call or taking the call. Um, I'm under diversified in the financials area, so I was looking at Schwab. I know they just recently started paying a dividend. Uh, I kind of wanted to know if that was something you felt they were going to be able to grow and how you felt about it for a medium to long term hold and if we were at a good entry point where we are now. Well, they didn't recently start paying a dividend. They've been paying a dividend for a long time. Maybe they recently increased it. Possibly, trying to look here. I don't. I don't see any increase, but it does yield about one percent. And the big news on Schwab was last year when they bought TD Ameritrade, who's our broker for our clients. So actually, our clients are going to become Schwab clients at some point. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're we're pretty well versed in, in what's happening over there, uh, and we like the company. Uh, we like the acquisition. Uh, the big headwind for them is that commissions on equity trades are a lot lower or zero now. And, you know, they're making uh, money other ways. Uh, but there's a lot of scale with buying TD. And we like the name. We've had actually on a radar. radar. It did run away from us. This is one of those ones where we, we, we were waiting for a pullback and never really gotten any, got any and kind of got away from us. But our value is closer to $50 a share. Uh, and that's really the issue here. So... In the low 50s, that's when then we're that's when we're eyeing to to pick this up, and once again, if there's some regulation on um, the payment for order flow, uh, if interest rates don't go up quite as fast, I think you're going to start to see uh, this weaken a bit, and you're already starting to see that a little bit. So I wouldn't be in a rush after this big move in financials. Don't be in a big rush to to get exposure here. Uh, I think we're we're going to have a much choppier back half of the year for the financial sector. I'd be looking uh, elsewhere. Keep us on your radar around 50. That's where I'd be interested in Charles Schwab. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Rahun in Toronto looking at EC, which is Eco Patrol Petroleum, Petro, it looks like. Yeah. Eco Petrol, yeah, out of Columbia. So, Do you own it or are you looking uh, to buy it? Thanks uh, for taking the call. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm trying to initiate a position, but uh, the thing is uh, that Colombian Petro is uh, very volatile, and uh, I couldn't figure out what is the status of vaccination in Colombia. So I was thinking of going long through synthetic options, so basically selling a call, uh, buying a call and selling a put. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, well, that, that would be a, certainly a high risk, uh, way to go. And I, oftentimes I like that, uh, that strategy. And the big question is this, the type of name that you want to be doing it on. Uh, I've looked at the, the option chain and the implied volatility, uh, for the option side. So that would be interesting as well to see what that would cost you. But then the question is, do you want to be long a Colombian oil company? Uh, why do you pick this in the oil space versus maybe more traditional E&P company? Rahun, do you have an answer? This is, that's not the case with this. And, uh, and this has been generating positive EBITDA during even the pandemic, uh, um, the three last three, four quarters. So that's why. Got it. Okay. Uh, 
Technically, it looks fine. There's nothing really wrong with it. Although, if you look at their relative strength compared to the entire energy space, it's doing pretty poorly. Uh, so that would be my biggest worry: is that you're you're just not making higher highs like you are with you know the Exxon's of the world and the the, the Chevron's of the world. And sure, there's probably more potential upside just simply because of uh, you know the high risk nature of it. Um, but I'm, I'm a bigger fan in this environment of those E&P companies, uh, maybe more on the mid, mid cap than the large cap, but still, I'm just not a fan of these Colombian, uh, based, based companies. So, uh, I'm going to pass on this. It's just not enticing enough for me to get excited. Let's go to Leo in Hawaii, looking at PBH, which is prestige consumer hi, hi, brands. Um, could you yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm wanted to get your opinion on Pembina Pipeline Corporation because I'm a PBA. I'm looking um, to add them to my portfolio, but um, I was just mostly interested in the monthly dividend play. I see. Okay, this is PBA, not PBH. I got I had PBH. All right, PBA is the Pembina Pipeline Corp. This is a Canadian operator that provides transportation and midstream services across Alberta and British Columbia. Yield 6.4%. And are they paying, how often are they paying here? Yeah, monthly dividend. So you're, you're going after that monthly dividend, right? Yes. Okay. I like the leverage bet on oil prices. And that's really what this is going to be because most of the oil that is transported up in Canada, a lot of that is heavy oil sands. And it's very expensive. And so it, this is very, very leveraged to the price of oil. And if, because to make oil sands economical, oil prices have to be pretty high. And so this is going to do very, very well when oil prices are going up and not so much on the way down. So uh, I like the trend. Uh, I like this in this environment because I do think oil prices are generally going to march up, especially with the push towards ESG and less in, uh, investment in infrastructure. Uh, so I like the company as a whole, not necessarily just because of that dividend. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART. Of all the finance and investing podcasts and all the downloads in all the world, you've discovered Talk. At this time, do you think it would be better to keep it in this bond or move it to cash? Looks like the sector is down today. So just thinking about, you know, potentially buying the dip. And since Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to answering your questions with their unique blend of expert insight and unbiased guidance, you've got to ask yourself one question. Why haven't you called InvestTalk? Hey, it's James from Australia. I'm loving the podcast. You know you listen. You know you should call. You know you want to call. Um, so I was wondering the best options for long-term growth. You'll get a reliable answer and the same positive feeling that tens of thousands of InvestTalk callers have already experienced. Thank you so much. I love the show. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free InvestTalk podcasts. The InvestTalk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART. 
Now, we're getting plenty of live calls today, and we love that. Thank you for those. But please remember that our Invest Talk phone lines never close. So you can leave your question anytime on 888 chart. But let's head to Washington State right now and talk with Tim. He's looking at Volvo. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it? I bought a half position a while back, and uh, I uh, mainly on all the Volvo equipment and Mack trucks and uh, Volvo trucks and everything else I see coming into the construction industry in our area. And uh, it, the, just there, there hasn't been a lot of information that that I've been able to find uh, online or, or on TD Ameritrade site. Because it's not, you know it's a foreign stock, but uh, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to see if I could get any further insights on this. Sure, and I like your thinking there. A lot of demand for their products, heavy trucks. They make Mack trucks, for example, and this is a company whose price has moved still pretty dramatically for off the lows of last March, which, granted, a lot of things have, especially the cyclical names had a low of $9. Now we're at $27 a share. Enterprise value EBITDA right now, 10 and a half, which historically is on the high side of the valuation, uh, the valuation uh, ratios that it tends to trade at. So I will say that, but growth is pretty strong. You're talking about revenue growth year over year, about 18% earnings per share growth year-over-year, year, 117%, and very solid profitability, not just near-term, but longer-term. Return on equity over the past decade or so has averaged in the high teens, and right now we're at about 15. So still some some room to grow uh, into the those low 20s, and good cash flow. Remember, the dividend, if you're looking at the dividend, that's, uh, that's only one time, and I believe that was more special than anything. Um, Sometimes they do twice, uh, two, two types of dividends uh, each year. Sometimes it's one. So the, the dividend's going to vary, I think. Uh, their balance sheet is pretty good. So when it comes to cyclical names and things that are uh, in high demand now because of more construction, especially in the home building space, uh, I like it. I like uh, this name. Uh, and if we're going to build infrastructure, and that's going to be the next phase of the stimulus, Certainly, their products are going to be in demand as well. And technically, it looks uh, looks pretty strong. So I like it. I'm a fan. And I like, uh, like a lot of these foreign names. Technicals look strong as well. Thanks for the call, Tim. Now, my focus point today is centered on this story. Comparing traditional IRAs with Roth IRAs. And this is an area, like I said, near the top of the show that... For me, I kind of take for granted that it's, it's kind of obvious. But for a lot of people, it's not. And... Traditional and Roth IRAs are the most two most popular types of retirement accounts. Probably say 401ks as well. So probably probably two of the top three. Now, with traditional IRAs, you delay any taxes until you withdraw the funds at a later date. With Roth IRAs, you pay taxes up front, and you when you take the money out at the back end, it's tax-free, as long as you've kept the account open for at least five years. Remember that. Now, generally, these are generalities. Traditional IRAs are most effective if you're effective, if you're you expect to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. So, if you're in a high tax bracket today, it typically is best to 
take that deduction, contribute to a traditional IRA, and take the deduction today. And hope that in the future, when you take the money out, you're in a lower tax bracket. No guarantees, but that's the, that's the thought. With the Roth IRA, it's the opposite. If you're in a low tax bracket today, tends to be the better way to go. Now, what are the benefits of contributing to a Roth IRA? The first is that all that money grows tax-free. So you won't be taxed on dividends or capital gains each year like a, like a normal brokerage account. One of the best features is like a 401k, you can set up automatic contributions. We do that with a lot of clients where they have, a, they have an IRA or a Roth IRA and they contribute X amount every single month, just comes out of their bank account. And I think everybody should be doing that if they're contributing to a Roth or a regular IRA. Now, if you already have a 401k through your employer, an IRA can be a nice supplement for your retirement savings. We would say get the full company match in your 401k and then the spillover, anything else you can save, try to save into your IRA if you are eligible. Now, what are the contribution limits? For 2021, 6,000 if you're under 50, 7,000 if you're over 50. What are the early withdrawal rules? First, if you withdraw funds from your traditional IRA before the age of 59 and a half, you pay income tax, like you always would with an IRA, but you're charged an extra 10% early withdrawal penalty. On a Roth IRA, withdrawing contributions from your Roth at any age is tax and penalty free. Remember that. A lot of people don't like to put money into an IRA and say, well, my money's locked up. I want to be able to get to it. With a Roth, you don't have to worry about that. Any money you've put in, not the growth, but any money you've contributed, contributed, you can take out tax or penalty free at any time. Now, anything above that contribution and you take that out before 59 and a half, you are incurring a 10% early withdrawal penalty. So just a heads up on that. What's interesting about a Roth IRA is you can use it for first-time home purchases, college expenses, birth or adoption expenses, penalty-free. So that's nice as well. Uh, what else? There are limits, income limits, which you should talk to your CPA about because that's, that's different for everybody uh, and based on you know, whether filing single or married. Uh, and I don't want to get into to all that minutia, but it, it is important to understand there are some potential limitations, but you should always talk about that with your tax professional. And one extra thing is a backdoor Roth or a Roth conversion. All of those things should always be talked about with your CPA. If your CPA isn't talking to you about getting money into your Roth, they're not servicing you well enough. There should always be a plan on how to get as much money in a at a low tax rate into your Roth IRA. If you're not thinking about that every year, either on your own or with your CPA, then you're doing yourself a disservice or your CPA is doing you a disservice. Now let's pivot to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener in Florida. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is Marty from Florida. I'm calling about ticker symbol WFG, West Frazier Timber. Looking at the chart and looking at the financials, it looks like it's consolidating. Uh, I do have a half position in this. I purchased at 75. And looking at the EPS 
and then projecting the PE, it looks surprisingly low. Can you go over the financials and let me know what you think is going to happen with this company? Because it looks like it should break out and go up. Please tell me what you think. I appreciate everything you guys do. Have a good day. This is a great example of why you want to look at the earnings history of a company over time especially commodity producers. And this is basically a commodity producers, the Canadian manufacturer and distributor of wood products for home construction with more than 60 facilities. And certainly they've benefited dramatically from the rise in lumber prices. Earnings expected this year of $25.84. On a stock who's trading right now, it's $73.64. And you're going to say a three PE ratio, less than three, Trading at three times earnings, that is so cheap. Uh-uh. That's not the whole story. Back in 2015, they lost 17 cents. 2019, they lost 30 cents. 2018, they made $4.74. Last year, they made $12.30. Next year, they're supposed to make $9.25, down 64% from this year. This is all about lumber prices. And when lumber prices are rising, the stock is, is killing it. The company's going to do very, very well. Problem is, as I've said recently on the show, that trade is now largely behind us. Certainly there can be small factors that might extend this cycle a bit longer, but I think we're near the end and the home Builder stocks are starting to reflect that. For example, you pull you pull up uh, the ITB. That was down a dollar thirty-five today on a largely flat day. That was down uh, almost two percent. Pulte Homes itself down over two percent. Consolidating, ready to break the fifty-day moving average. Toll Brothers. Same kind of pattern. All of these major builders are. Showing like looking like they're topping. So you're chasing a trade that is in the past. You have to look forward at that $9 a share. And it's still relatively cheap based on the $9. But not nearly as cheap as $25 a share. Okay. So I'm going to say that the, the trend on the stock, if you look at that, is also starting to weaken as well. That is now pulled back from its 52 week high of almost of over $90 now to 73 right at the 100 day moving average where it found support. The more you hang on that, uh, the, the more it's likely to break down. Uh, the MACD is below the zero line, also broken down. I would not be buying this. I would be actually looking for a time to exit WFG, West Fraser Timber. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto. He's looking at refi funds. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna refi my house. I'm gonna save about 800 bucks a month. Okay. I don't need the money. It's a I'm currently got about 10 years left on a 15. I'm refining to a 15 to save me about 800 bucks. I don't need the money. Do I put that money in a retirement fund? Which I'm not, which I'm kind of behind on, or do I pay off the house in 10 years and just keep paying my same amount I'm paying now? I would put it in a retirement fund. You're going to grow it faster, and your rate is what? Probably two and three quarters. 2.11. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're on a 15, so it's going to be much lower. Uh, yeah, 2.11. That yields so ridiculously low 
I would be saving it in a retirement account, especially when you say you're behind. You need to grow yeah. that money. You need to catch up a little right. bit. You don't want to just be uh, basically earning that 2.1% yield is basically what you would earn by paying that, that off because you're not paying it. But you could probably earn much yeah. better in the market okay. and in a retirement account. Okay, one other thing. I'm an educator. Am I limited to what retirement funds I can do as far as IRA, IRAs and everything? Do you have a 529 plan? Or not 529, but a yeah. 403B, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are some limitations to what you can contribute based on your income. Are you married? Or are you filing single? Married and my wife is an educator as well. Okay. So your income limit, the, the limits uh, are pretty high. Uh, you'd have to talk with your CPA on whether you hit those limits or not. Uh, so I would think about that. But you should look to supplement your 403B savings with some sort of an IRA and defer to your CPA on which one, whether it's a Roth or a traditional, and whether you're eligible. And uh, you, you should have a good CPA that's talking to you about that. Great. You guys are the best. Appreciate it, Jerry. Thanks for the call. Now, 2021 has moved pretty fast. We're almost halfway through the year. Yeah, the second quarter only has a few weeks left of trading after after this week. Two and a half, as a matter of fact. Looks like we're 15. Yeah, 15 more trading days on the quarter. So... The market is changing. We're entering this back half of the year. And you need to know how to adjust your portfolio. Just like you needed to adjust your portfolio kind of mid-summer, late summer last year, as things were reopening, as inflation was picking up, as the economy was picking up, as stimulus was coming down the pipe. Now is a new environment that you need to adjust to. And if you need help with that, I encourage you to reach out to myself and Steve Peasley at our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. Let me remind you that just like uh, here on Invest Talk, we operate with the same philosophy at KPP, which is independent thinking and shared success, where we provide unbiased guidance, both on and off air, and we provide parallel investing, which means we're investing right alongside you. Everything we're investing for our clients, we're investing for ourselves as well. So I encourage you to reach out to us. We want to help you in any way we can. Just a quick phone call, a quick go-to meeting, a video chat, whatever it is, we want to help. So you can call our KPP financial offices at 800-557-5461 or just send us a message through investtalk.com. Now next up, a live call from Richard in Walnut Creek. Hang on. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank, and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. 
you probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Now, before the break, I said we're going to go to Richard, but hey, we're going to have to go to a hard break because of our radio station. But hang on, Richard. We're going to talk about Meredith Corporation, which is in the publishing media space. Interesting name, certainly undervalued. Uh, but is it undervalued for a reason? So we're going to talk with Richard here after this final break. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Go to talk to Richard in Walnut Creek, looking at Meredith Corporation. Do you own it or looking to buy it? Hi, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. I own it, and my question is specifically about the news. There's okay. news in, on the 3rd uh, of uh, this month uh, that from routers uh, that, mm-hmm. that uh, MVP has agreed to sell uh, its local media group to, to uh, Great Television for $2.8 billion in cash. Mm-hmm. And so the numbers didn't make a lot of sense to me uh, because the market cap is one for for Meredith Corp is 1.6 is what I'm seeing, and they're selling some of their like part of their company for 2.8 double, and yeah. then lower it says so that would be 16.99 dollars per share. Um, so two questions. Number one, how how do the numbers make sense? How are they selling some of their company and and it's and, and it's double what they are worth. And number two, how are we gonna like? Am I gonna get any of this money? How how does this work? Yeah, I'm trying to look at this offer as well because you're right. It is a bit confusing because it does look like it's two point eight billion, but yeah, the the valuation of this company is lower. Um. I really have to dig into this a little bit more to understand why that may be uh, partially money towards uh, debt, uh, taking on debt. Uh, there's a lot of ways these dealers are structured. Clearly, that is one of the big reasons why the stock is going up, <laughs> because not only is it look like it's it's a big offer for their assets, but it also is has been upped uh, recently. So there was initial agreement, and they they've upped that that uh, that offer as well. So I would have to dig into this. is pretty It is pretty interesting. You're right that on the surface it does look odd that hey, company's worth 1.6 and they're offering uh, 2.8. Uh, clearly, the market's mispricing the value of of their assets. And um, yeah, I, I I would need to look into this a little bit more. Um, why don't you just shoot me an email? And anyone out there, Jay Klein, J-K-L-E-I-N at kppfinancial.com. You can shoot me an email. Um, and, and I'll dig into this a little bit more because this is very interesting. 
And on the surface, you're right. It doesn't make sense. But off looking at it deeply. Thanks for the call. Now let's finally touch on 529 plans. These are these are plans that are for college savings, most of all. And they have tax advantages. You have investment options. But for a lot of people, that's it's too murky. Uh, it's too complex to really understand. So let me try to go over it quickly. First off, what are the options? One is a five twenty, a straight five twenty nine plans where parents, grandparents, anybody else can invest money for the beneficiary's qualified education expenses. There's also five twenty nine prepaid tuition plans where you can actually pay for tuition for at a set price today, basically hedging against that future increase in tuition prices. That's less known, but uh, also sometimes available depending on the university university system. What are the benefits? Well, contributions are not tax deductible, but the money grows tax-free. And you would, when, if you withdraw the money and pay for qualified expenses, tuition, uh, et cetera, room and board, uh, books and equipment, computer equipment, you can even pay for K-12 education up to $10,000. So there's a lot of uses that qualify for the money coming out tax-free. What are the downsides? Well, potential penalties for withdrawals for uncovered qualified expenses. And you can't buy individual stocks, typically funds, things like that, which are are not the greatest uh, way sometimes, but uh, there's different states have different options. And everyone should look into these. Uh, I could go deeper, but unfortunately we're out of time. But you can actually save a lot. Each state sets its own contribution limits for the life of the plan. Or the, yeah, it, it, but it ranges from $235,000 to $542,000, depending on the state. So you can put away a lot of money for a kid's education plan. And if you, even if you don't use it, you can transfer it to another beneficiary, uh, an, another child, a niece, a grandson, whatever it is. So don't feel like you're going to lose that money. So great tool for education. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can get for free, as always, at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and InvestTalk.com as well. So be sure to rate and review where you can browse by topic, such as 401k, real estate, tech stocks, whatever it is that's on your mind that you're interested in, you can search for it there. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing.